And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's get ready to podcast! If you're gonna go stick your head in the sand like that, get out of the sport. Mike Coppinger. Creating a huge mess. It's absurd. No, you're wrong. So, this, the only thing like cash grab. You need to turn up and you need to be on it. We just started going at it. You gotta go eat. The Pug and Cop Boxing Show on The Athletic. We are back with another episode of the Pug and Cop Boxing Show. This is Mike Coppinger alongside Lance Pugmire, and I am right now in Florida making the drive from L.A. to Miami and stopped in Dallas along the way for Canelo Alvarez, Billy Joe Saunders fight week. Lance, that was honestly the most fun I've ever had covering a fight, I think, in my, what, 12 years covering boxing, 11 years. Just, uh, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, um, this was the first fight with fans, you know, with full capacity since it, but... Also, we broke the indoor attendance record with 73,126 fans. It was an incredible atmosphere. It's the best fighter in the world and the biggest star in the sport. We had the, uh, the Brits there. We had Tyson Fury there whipping everyone to a frenzy. It was just a lot of fun and um, unforgettable night. I thought Canelo Alvarez was great as always. I thought that was one of the best wins of his career. I thought Billy Joe Saunders was boxing beautifully before, the, uh, before that devastating right uppercut. You know, basically blew up and shattered his orbital bone. And, you know, Canelo, it's clear to me after that outburst at the Demetrius Andrade uh, when he crashed the press conference, I could not stop laughing. I mean, <laughs> uh, if anyone who hasn't watched it yet, you know, it was mayhem. Uh, Andre telling Canelo, when are you going to fight me? I'm a big fan. And he goes, I know you're a big fan. I know. And look, Lance, you and I have covered Canelo for years and years. He's always been stoic, quiet. Now he's talking shit. He's telling Andred, get the fuck out of here. He's yelling <laughs> at his dad. He said, uh, I'll fuck you up right here. Um, <laughs> he loves to curse. It kind of sounds like Tony Montana when he's cursing. I saw people say, um, he's singing at him. I mean, this Canelo was great. Taunting people called Billy Joe Saunders a pussy. I mean, <laughs> I really, this Canelo, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed your story on this, Mike. I mean, the subject that Canelo's really, you know, you know, speaking English and really allowing his true personality to shine. And let's be honest, at age 30, it's about time, right? I'm so happy that he's uh, doing this. And and obviously, it's well-received. I had a question. Um, you know, I'm sure you made the rounds of doing a bunch of interviews leading into the fight as well with other uh, radio networks and stuff. And and one of the things was, is like, what can this guy do to boost his popularity beyond who he is? And it's like, well, speaking English and engaging uh, with the with the uh, entire audience, and he's doing all that. He's really letting that personality that in spots we have seen Mike and, and me and you spending time with him, but for the whole world to be able to see it now, I think is is something that is just so smart on Canelo's part because it's going to take him from where he is right now as someone who just set this indoor uh, boxing record in the U.S. to someone who really is a mainstream uh, sporting figure, not not just in the U.S. but in the world. Yeah, and Lance, 
I, you know, Canelo's already the biggest star in boxing. I think there's growth to be way bigger. I mean, he's not as mm-hmm. big as Mayweather was by a mile. He's not right. as big as Pacquiao was. Very few fighters in boxing can get by without being a good shit talker. I mean, that's just, look, it's great. Like Andre Ward was quiet. He never got that big. You know, look, look at the biggest stars right now. Tyson Fury, amazing trash talker. Mm-hmm. Mayweather, same. Um, you look at Conor McGregor in the UFC and Jorge Masvidal. It's simply what you need. And Canelo now showing this and taunting people. It's great for the sport. It's great for boxing. It's great for Canelo Alvarez. I think he's going to be so much bigger now because I've seen all the comments to my story and on Twitter. Everyone's saying, I love Canelo so much more. This is what I want to see out of my, you know, out of our star fighters. And I think if he, you know, if he's going to fight Caleb Plant, and that is the expectation, September 18th, I think we're going to see it come out of him even more because Caleb Plant can talk trash too, as we'll, you know, and we'll be joined by Caleb Plant later in this podcast. Um, I think it's going to be great because, you know, I, I don't think boxing is a sport where we want to say, hear the fighters say, oh, I'm going to let my fists do the talking. You know, there is a theatrical part to this. This is entertainment. Absolutely. Great point, Mike. And I, speaking of that, I just wanted to ask you a few questions as we look back on what happened this past weekend. First of all, you know, obviously there was a, there's been a lot of comments about our, fr- our good friend Chris Mannix's scoring on the, door- the Zone broadcast of the fight itself. I personally, in watching the broadcast, had Canelo up 5-3 when the fight was stopped. How, d- how did you see it? And I, and I guess my- one of my leading questions is like, was it because we just hadn't seen Canelo hit the way that uh, Billy Joe Saunders was able to get to him in some of those rounds, especially with those big uh, left hands? I think that's a good point, Lance. I think a lot of times we do uh, kind of grade on a curve, so to speak. Like, oh, this guy's having some success. But uh, I thought the fight was kind of close. I, uh, I'll put my scorecard up here real quick. But I hmm. had the fight even after eight rounds. And okay. I, I, I thought, look, I, and I want to make this clear to the listeners because I hear this all the time. If I tell you my score, I'm not saying that's the only way to score to fight. I'm saying that's how I saw it. And there were some rounds that, you know, were swing rounds. I thought the range of scores you could probably that were realistic were anywhere from six, two to Canelo to four, four. I added uh-huh. four, four. If you added six, two, I'm no arguments from me whatsoever, but looking at my scorecard really quick, Lance, I gave Billy Joe Saunders the first rounds. I thought that was a very close rounds. Um, I gave Canelo's two, three and four. I thought those were pretty clear to Canelo. I gave Saunders five, six and seven. I think it was the seventh. That was kind of a toss, toss up rounds. So, but I thought I believe uh, on memory five and six were I thought they were pretty clear to Billy Joe. Uh, obviously, the eighth round was an absolute thrashing. Canelo gave Billy Joe Saunders where he broke yeah. the orbital. Um, but I did think Billy Joe Saunders was boxing pretty nicely. Like you mentioned, he landed some big overhand lefts. Oh, yeah. I don't think Canelo was trying to win every round. I think he was trying to break him down, see what he had, um, and really just go through there and um, take his time. So I don't think it was ever the plan. You know, he said it all along. He wanted the knockout and he got it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything that he said leaned into the fight and same thing with Eddie Reynoso. I mean, these guys basically gave away their fight plan, right? And they, and they still executed it, which is very impressive. Right. They, they executed perfectly in there. And, you know, I was impressed by the adjustments Canelo made. We saw Billy Joe Saunders duck a lot of Canelo's right hands with great success. When he once ducked that over that overhand right in the eighth rounds, Canelo kind of changed the trajectory of the shot and made it a number cut. And then, you know, that was game over. I mean, I just want to address, I find it ridiculous that so many fans are dancing on Billy Joe Saunders' misfortune and calling him a quitter. And it's just out of line. I mean, 
This is not, I've seen other people compare this to a swollen shut eye. This is not a swollen shut eye. This is not losing your vision and having a, a boo-boo on your eye. Um, and look, don't get me wrong. It's hard to fight with a swollen shut eye too, but this is not that. This hmm. is a quadrupod fracture, which means the orbital is completely blown out and you lose all cheek protection. There's three other components that connect the, the orbital to the, you know, around the cheek and the eye. I'm not a doctor, obviously, but from what I've read, and you, you basically, you lose sensation in your, in your lip, in your upper lip, in your cheek. Um, you can't feel anything. He was probably really, really scared in there. Um, I mean, look, yet Canelo had maximum leverage on that shot. Saunders is ducking down. Canelo uncorks that uppercut that just went, drove it right through his head. I can't even imagine. So, you know, Billy Joe Saunders came out and said that his former trainer, uh, Ben Davidson, who couldn't work with him for this fight, um, you know, he said he was the one who told the corner to stop it, and it was a great decision. Because what's wow. what's really going to happen? It, uh, even is Billy Joe Saunders going to win a fight with one eye? Is he going to win the fight when he can't feel his face after just taking a beating? There's no yeah. moral victories in boxing. I mean, uh, Billy Joe boxed nicely. He suffered a catastrophic injury. He earned eight million dollars per sources, which is a great payday for him. And hopefully he continues his career and is back to normal. But, you know, it's never a sure thing when you have a, med- you know, it's a brutal surgery. He had surgery Sunday, Lance, where they inserted a metal plate into his face. I just can't imagine that. And, yeah. you know, he's, you know, the earliest he can fly out is uh, Wednesday. You know, obviously you can't have the air pressure um, blowing up your eye even further. So this is a brutal, brutal injury. This is not a swollen eye. Right. No doubt about it. And I think that, you know, some of the people were quick to remind us of the comments that Billy Joe may have said about Daniel Dubois. But, you know, look, I think the bottom line is, is that as we look at these fighters and the things that they go through, you know, even in the broadcast, they mentioned something about you want to go out on on your shield in a fight like this. I think that's exactly what Billy Joe Saunders did in this fight. Um, afterward, Mike, we heard a comment, and I think you got it from Eddie Hearn saying basically that Billy Joe was going to be sidelined indefinitely. Is there any, I know it's early and I know he's still recovering from this, but is there any expectation as to how long he would be out? And do you expect him to even fight again? I mean, there's really nothing to to know at this point, Lance. It's a little too early, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, Kel Brook did come back from back-to-back fractured orbitals. I'm not sure if those were quite as bad as this one, because I know this one is the absolute worst it gets. It's the it's a complete blowout and, and a quadrupod fracture. I'm not quite sure on Kel Brook. But will he continue? He said he'll be back. Who knows? Um, I, I think he's probably made enough money now that if he doesn't want to continue, he doesn't have to. I think the other question would be is, is he the same fighter ever again? You know, we've kind of seen Kel Brook, who used to be able to take a pretty good shot against Sean Porter and a lot of other guys. The punch resistance is just absolutely gone now. And it's no surprise, right? You have a, like you said, you have no cheek protection. You're, you have a metal plate in there instead. So, um, there's, look, there's just no way Billy Joe Saunders is fighting this year. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's going to be months and months of recovery. And again, this isn't even a broken jaw. Yes, fighters are focusing with a broken jaw. This is much worse than that. Um, so I, I hope people can just show show compassion. Even if you think Billy Joe has bothered you with his antics or whatever, he is still he has a family, and I think people need to be more compassionate. Exactly. Now, some of the stuff that uh, is going to happen now that this fight is over, Mike. And I, look, I 
I thought what uh, Demetrius Andre did, the the middleweight champion, comes out and has like kind of a cheesy T-shirt on in the crowd, and then tries to uh, you know make a run at Canelo and and talk it to him through the a news conference. It came across poorly, but at the end of the day, too, it's like you know what this guy had to do something. If you have to do cartwheels to get Canelo's attention and at least g- attract some attention upon yourself, at least he accomplished that. Uh, yeah, he, I, I think, like you said, he hasn't been able to end the big fight for the longest time other than, you know, the Jamel Charlo fight that he kind of passed over years and years ago due to like some Rock Nation problems, I believe. But he needs to do something. He's trying to get a big fight. I don't blame him for trying something. Um, I, I think it may, I don't know how much it helped. I mean, it did definitely got his name out there more, which is nice, but Canelo kind of clowned him and handled that pretty well. I was like, <laughs> honestly, I was honestly impressed by how well Canelo handled that. Uh-huh. Especially for a guy whose English is his second language. I mean, he was quick with the comebacks and <laughs> just the, the mannerisms dismissing him. It was great. Um, I don't know where, you know, if, look, if Andrade is, he's got to get something. And I don't know where he goes next, but I'm interested to see what happens with Canelo next because he had a two fight deal with Eddie Hearn. His last three fights were with Eddie. Now that's done. And Caleb Plant, the fight he wants, you know, all four titles on 168. He's been calling for it for a long time. Plant's obviously with PBC which has deals with Fox and Showtime. He's fought exclusively on Fox these last couple of years. And it's going to be an interesting deal to make. I think I do know that Canelo's really enjoyed working with Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn's put everything into these events, made them big stadium fights, theatrical entrances, you name it. Did a hell of a job promoting Saunders' fight. Um, all credit to Eddie Hearn there. Yeah, And we saw I'm- a video of, of Canelo saying that he, you know, I love working with Eddie Hearn. He basically said, you know, Eddie, great job. I think this is a little bit overblown, Mike, that, that there is any kind of like doubt about what Canelo's going to be doing because he does seem so happy with Eddie Hearn. And I could, I could foresee a situation that takes place where, you know, Canelo, you know, does want to fully unify at 168 pounds. He's going to be fighting uh, Caleb Plant on a fight that I could see being televised in the U.S. on Fox with PBC doing it, but that, that promotion is going to need a voice and it's going to need a face. And Al Heyman is not a face. He he's uh, behind the curtain. So you're going to need Eddie Hearn to be involved in that promotion. And that with the zone broadcasting the the fight to the rest of the world. I mean, I, I, I can see this, it, this fight working that way. Um, do you, I could. Yeah. I mean, I, I just hope that I, I agree that Canelo, I can't see him leaving Eddie Hearn right now the way Eddie Hearn pushes him and everything. And, you know, he's done a great job. I, I just hope that nothing stops this fight from happening. Cause it is the natural fight. I mean, all four titles at 168 pounds, two undefeated fight. Sorry, not well, one undefeated fighter in Caleb plant. And then the best pound for pound fighter in the world in Canelo Alvarez, yeah. whose only loss came against Floyd Mayweather. Um, maybe some, maybe you think you lost triple G, but I hope that, you know, no network or promotional politics stop this fight from happening. Let's step aside right now for a break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We're going to be joined by Caleb Plant right now to find out what Caleb Plant thinks about the fight and if the fight can be made soon and all of that. And he's the man of the hour right now because Canelo Alvarez has been calling you out for a couple of months saying that you're the only fight he wants. He repeated it all during fight week leading up to the Billy Joe Saunders fight, and he kept the same energy after the win. First off, what did you think of the performance against Billy Joe Saunders? Um, I mean, he, he did what he's supposed to do. He got his hand raised, and uh, you know he's one step closer to what he thinks he's going to get. Well, yeah, and when, when you say what he thinks he's going to get, he thinks he's going to be the first four belts undisputed champion in 160 pound history. You say he that's thinks he's going to get it. That's what he thinks. Why is he not going to get it? You're looking at it. You're looking at the reason, you know, Billy, I think people misconstrued the fact that, you know, maybe because me and Billy have both uh, some slickness to our style that we're the, we're the same fighter. And uh, to me, that's almost disrespectful. Just the, just the, amount of discipline alone that that I possess over him is is disrespectful. So the amount of discipline I have, the athletic ability that I have, the speed that I have, you know, Billy, he's quick. He, he's got some quickness, but he's not explosive. You know, the, the height, the reach, the boxing ability, the boxing IQ, I hit harder than him. I mean, the list goes on and on. So, you know, just because we both have some slickness to our style, don't construe that we're the same – they were the same boxer or even the same type of man. So, No, look, I'm glad you brought that up because you make a lot of great points. Yes, you do have similar styles, but he's a southpaw. You're a righty. You're also a lot bigger. He's yeah. a, probably more of a 160. You're a bigger guy. You're always in fantastic shape. I, I think, do you ever stop working out? No, no. This is something that I do year round. You know, um, if you was doing everything right, you know, you still don't have enough time to get it all done. You know, much less to be... You know, even Billy has said himself, you know, um, you know, a lot of people have said that I don't train the right way or live the right way outside of these fights, but I'm here now. You know, that was actually a quote that he said to this fight leading up. And that, that's not the way I live my life. And, you know, I got a lot of respect for this sport. I've dedicated my whole life to this sport. And um, the, the, this sport means a lot to me. And I try to treat it with that, uh, that respect. So um, but that's OK. People will see soon. Right. I know you've worked, you know, super hard to get here. This is 
people say Canelo Alvarez sweepstakes, but I think that's kind of disrespectful. It's not a sweepstakes. You had to work your ass off to even be on the doorstep of an opportunity like this against the best fighter in the world and the biggest star in the sport. But I know that you're not in awe of it. Uh, but what would it mean to fight Canelo Alvarez for all four titles? I mean, that's the kind of fight people dream of. Uh, yeah, you know, um, even years ago, I would tell Jordan, I'm like, man, if, if, uh, you know, Canelo could beat Callum and Billy and get those two belts and, uh, you know, me and David fight and I get that belt, I feel like we could have a, a crazy showdown. And, you know, unfortunately for some, they weren't able to make that happen, but I've stuck to my, my end of the bargain and, uh, you know, I've held up my end of the deal. And, and, you know, it's getting closer and closer. And, and this is a fight that, that I want. I've said I've won it in the past. And, um, you know, it's a fight that I know that I can win. Right. And look, I know, obviously, you, you're with Louis DeCubis Jr. and Al Heyman, and they've both done a great job guiding you. And they're looking out for your best interests. I know that you're not going to just take any deal. You know, there's no fight yet. The deal has to be right. And if it's not right, you have other options in the PBC universe, with whether it's Jamal Charlo or David Benavidez, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I do have a lot of options. You know, there's a lot of big fights to be made, a lot of money to be made, and a lot of fights that the fans that the fans want to see. And uh, so I do have a lot of options. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really – I'm not looking for a penny more than than I'm owed, but I also don't want a penny less. And um, I know what some, uh, some fighters who have been paid and, you know, and I'm not talking about Callum or Billy because at the end of the day, I feel like uh, Eddie kind of sold them – sell them out for a little bit of money. And um, I'm already making great money. I'm already a seven-figure fighter a couple of times over. So as far as, you know, bringing certain deals to me, I, I it just need, it needs to be right. I want it to be right. I want it to be fair. Not even right, but I just want it to be fair. And, uh, you know, it's a fight that the fans want, and I'm looking to become the first undisputed super middleweight. So. Yeah, and for context, I th- believe Callum Smith made around five and a half. Billy Joe Saunders made $8 million. And then we had Sergey Kovalev at like a $12 million package. So there's definitely a range there, as you mentioned. Yeah. And look, Canelo Alvarez is the biggest star in boxing right now. What I do love is that we see his personality coming out more. Now he, we saw Demetrius Andrade crash the press conference. Canelo wasn't having it. He told him, get the fuck out of here. We know you could talk trash with the best of them too. What kind of promotion could this be? You know, I don't know. Um, I'm going to stick to who I am and what I do. And if I feel something in the moment, I'm not going to shy away from it. You know, whether that's in the ring, if I make a certain move and I maybe look out to the crowd, if I feel in the moment, I'm going to express myself freely. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who's in front of me. You know, if I'm fighting Canelo, if I'm fighting, you know, it wouldn't matter who I'm fighting. If there, if you're across from me, whether we're in the ring or out of it and I feel it and it's on my heart, then that's what I'm going to say. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I, I know you're a man who really respects hard work. And I think in Canelo Alvarez and you, we have two of the hardest working guys in the game. Canelo's always in great shape too. He always wants the best just like you. And um, what does it mean to you though that he's you know he's been keeping the same energy all along? He keeps saying, I only want Caleb Plant. That's cool. I mean, that's good for him. Um, you know, he wants to become undisputed. And I've been saying that I've been keeping the same energy as well. So, you know... Uh, he can say what he wants. He can keep the same energy. You know, when that bell rings, I feel like he's going to be uh, in front of someone, you know, that who who has the mentality and the mindset and the heart of someone that he hasn't been in front of for a long time. So, you know, when it comes to he, he's been fighting these, you know, UK level guys, European type guys, and that's cool. But as far as him fighting the top, 
Floyd, Lara, um, Triple G. He's one and three. So um, at the end of the day, I, I, he's just a man. And uh, he, he's looked human in some of these bigger fights as well. So as far as what he did to Billy and, and the fashion that he won, that scaring me or, or making me more nervous, anything like that, that's not the case. So No, you don't strike me as the type of guy you're scared of anyone or anything. Um, I don't think anything's too big for you here. But the one thing I want to ask you about, obviously Canelo Alvarez has a big advantage when it comes to experience, right? That's just numbers. Like you, I think you've had what about 20 pro fights. He's at almost 60. How do you think you overcome that? Um, yeah, you know, I know he has, um, a lot more experience than me. A lot of those fights though, were, were low level fights, you know, and those were, were, you know, at the time where I was on team USA, having international duels at the Olympic training center, you know, I went to London in 2012 as Olympic alternate and, you know, got to train with uh, a lot of top level guys and spar with some top level guys. So, you know, just because it's not on my pro record doesn't mean that, you know, I don't have a lot of experience. I've been, I've been, you know, I'm a Golden Glove national champion. I, I've been fighting at a high level for a really long time. And, uh, but as far as, you know, in the latter part of his career, fighting some of these uh, bigger names, he does have more experience than me. But at the same time, experience can be overrated. And, uh, not to compare these two fighters because I'm not trying to, but, Jose Uzgatagi had a lot more experience than me as well. And, you know, me coming off a year layoff off a broke hand and uh, going in and do what I did. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, I've hardly lost any rounds in my entire career. So it's hard to gauge, you know, for the rest of you guys, it's hard for y'all to gauge exactly where I'm at and exactly what I'm capable of. And um, anytime it's been, you know, time for me to step up to the plate for a big moment, I've always stepped up and I've always done well. And I've always uh, been victorious. So, you know, the the lights, the cameras, the crowd, people booing me. Um, that's not something that's going to rattle me or, you know, get me out of my comfort zone. That's that's what I like. And that's when I fight best. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Because you were an underdog against Jose Uskatsugi and you won going away. You, you dropped him. You hurt him, showed your power off. Now in these last few fights, you've been a big favorite. And uh, early odds, Cano Alvarez opened up as minus 600, you plus 400. Do you prefer being the underdog or the favorite? Um, I like the underdog role. You know, I feel like I, I've been in that position my whole life. And uh, people count me out, telling me what I can and can't be, you know, what I can and can't accomplish. And, uh, you know, it's just a role that fits me well. And it's something that keeps me motivated and hungry and working hard. And I feel like that's a big reason I got that chip on my shoulder. And I've been able to stay as focused and dedicated as long as I have, you know, because people are always saying what I can and can't do. And, uh, you know, they haven't been right yet. So why would I, why would I believe them now? After everything I've accomplished in life, after everything I've conquered and walked out the other side of with my head held high, you know, once you do that so many times, you, you, uh, develop a self belief that can't be shook. And, um, they've been wrong all these other times. So why would I start to believe them now? Yeah. When you see those odds, do you think that's fair or do you see it as disrespect? Those are just numbers to me. That's it. You know, it's not. That's all it is. It's just numbers. You know, I know you talk a lot about self-belief and you've gone through a lot of adversity in your life. You've been open about it. I think it's really brave of you. How important do you believe self-belief is when it comes to a big challenge like this? I think just to uh, go out and be successful in life, period. You know, it, it takes that. And nowadays it's almost shunned upon to have self-belief. And a lot of times people misconstrue self-belief with being being cocky or being arrogant but uh, if you don't believe in yourself, who who is, you know, 
if I don't believe in myself, who else is going to believe in myself? If I walk around like I don't believe in myself, why would anybody else back me? Why would anybody else be a fan of me? So, you know, I think that's important to to go out and uh, accomplish, you know, anything in life, much less, you know, a big moment like this. I, I encourage everybody to have that level of self-belief. And, you know, it's good. You want to be humble and you want to be, um, you know, what do they say, speak lightly and carry a big stick. So, you know, I encourage everybody to to have that self-belief. Otherwise, nobody else is going to believe in you either. Yeah, you mentioned before that, obviously, you don't think Canelo's unbeatable, and that's fair. You said you think he's one in three in some of those fights. But in my opinion, he is an all-time great. He's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer. When you watch Canelo Alvarez and you think of him, what do you say? I mean, yeah, he, he's a great fighter, and he's accomplished a lot of big things. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of good attributes about him, but I feel like that I have a lot of attributes over him. And uh, when we're able to get that fight signed, and, and, and that bell rings, I feel like I can show y'all better than I can tell you. So, um, Look, this is – we see Canelo now packing out stadiums. Um, that would be an amazing experience, I'm sure. Not that it's like you're ha- – obviously, you would not be happy to be there. But to fight the number one fighter in the world in a packed stadium, I mean, this is what you've worked so hard for, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like everybody um, who's ever – you know, lace up a pair of boxing gloves and been halfway serious about it. Their dream is to to win a world title. And if your goals are big enough, you know, it wasn't the goal to win a world title for me. It was just a goal. And uh, I've always had my sights set really high. I feel like that's how I'm still able to stay so focused and dedicated because I know what I really want out of boxing and what I really want to accomplish. And that's not just to win a world title and to defend it a couple of times, but it's to be an all-time great, it's to become undisputed and, and you know, cement a legacy that they can't be erased. Um, so... Yeah, it's definitely what I'm looking for. And, you know, some of his fans will become some of my fans. <laughs> right. I know there's always more to accomplish, but certainly beating Canelo Alvarez at the top of the mountain. I mean, at that point, you're now then number one pound for pounds. You're then a, a global superstar. And you have all four belts. I mean, that's just crazy to think about, no? Yeah, definitely. You know, especially coming from where I come, come from, you know, just a little, uh, you know, uh just a little town in Tennessee, you know, it's not even a boxing community there. When I first started boxing, no one else boxed. There were no gyms where I'm from. It was just something that my dad did when he was younger and he wanted to introduce me to that and uh, give me something to do instead of running around getting in trouble with my buddies. And uh, now I'm a world champion. And so for me to be in a fight like this, um, I'm not just happy to be here, but, you know, it's a long ways from where I'm from. And uh, but I'm still locked in. And I'm still focused. How quickly do you think a deal can be closed here? Eddie Hearn, who you know was promoting Canelo the last two fights, that promotional deal is now expired. He said he was going to try to reach out to your team uh, this week and see what happens. Obviously, we have some complications, right? You're a PBC fighter. You fight on Fox uh, always, and Canelo's been fighting on the zone. If it comes down to it, would you fight on the zone, or are you PBC and Fox or bust? I mean, you know, look, I have a great team around me. I got a great manager, Luis DeCuis. I feel like. You know, I'm not the only one who feels like he's the best at what he does. But as far as my advisor and Al Heyman, you know, they haven't made a mistake yet. They've done great with me in my career. And so I, I trust them to make the right call. And, and whatever that is, I'll follow the, their lead. And, um, you know, but I want that fight and I want to make it happen. And they do, too. So, you know, I trust them and um, I'm sure that we can make uh, make it work. Um, you know, again, before we spoke about your uh, experience, do you wish you had a couple more fights or is this fight coming at the right time? Do you feel like you're peaking right now? 
I really, I, I do feel like I'm peaking. You know, it was uh, different this last outing with no with no fans in the crowd. That's not something I'm used to. And, you know, I really feel like I perform best when I'm under the gun in front of all the fans. And, uh, you know, with the hand injury, it was disappointing. But, you know, I feel like in a fight like this, you know, I feel like I'm ready for whatever. I feel like that um, I'm coming into my prime. You know, I have 21 fights. And, uh, you know, again, I, I've maybe lost four rounds in my whole career. And um, so it's going to be hard for you guys to gauge just exactly how good I am. And like I said, I'm ready for that fight and I want it. No, you're right. You're bringing up a great point. It is hard to gauge because I think a fighter like you, you raise your level when you raise your level of competition and you need someone to like push you into those deep waters to show what you really have, right? You're probably going to find out things about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'd have to agree with you. You know, like I said, being under the lights, being in front of the crowd, I really feel like that brings the breast out of me. And, um, you know, sometimes you, you fight in these big fights, especially coming off the Nashville fight with having so many fans there and, you know, so much pressure on me, people asking for tickets and, you know, everybody pulling me this way, pulling me that way. I feel like, honestly, that's when I fight best. And to go from that to fighting, you know, in literally a, just a quiet environment, no one there, it's almost like a sparring match. It was different. And then to have the hand injury on top of that, you know, um, but, you know, like you said, and like I said, uh, it's going to be hard for you guys to gauge me because I haven't even lost any rounds really in my whole, you know, professional career. So I'm excited to get back in there and um, get the fans a big fight. Um, yeah, obviously Billy Joe Saunders suffered a catastrophic injury, a complete orbital blowout, had to have surgery and a metal plate inserted in his face. Um, he faced some criticism from some fans for not continuing. Obviously, I'm not a fighter. I'm not going to dog anybody. I think that's he has, a, you know, family and everything. But as a fighter, what were your thoughts? You know, it seemed, it did seem like, uh, you know, sometimes it's quit, people are quick to, to call someone a quitter. And then, you know, you hear people, uh, then you hear afterwards that he had like multiple fractures and, you know, in his orbital bone, you know, I've never had my orbital bone, uh, broken. So, you know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really going to concern myself with that. I'm just focused on, on myself and what I have going on. And, uh, but, you know, as far as for the rest of the fans, people who haven't been in the ring, people who don't lace, lace up gloves and never have they they don't use these to feed the family you know that's a that's a big statement for people who who don't fight yeah i think it's out of line from people i mean this guy you know you're talking about your lip going numb your face going numb your vision and all you guys have families and you guys are risking your lives for our entertainment so people need to be more, more respectful with that being said you know i i have had uh with jose you know in a big fight like that catching a, a bad headbutt in the fourth round you know, and right after that, knocking him down, um, you know, sometimes in a big moment like that. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it feels like for sure. So, but in a moment like that, sometimes you got to keep going. And I do know that he caught a lot of flack for, uh, I guess he was talking about calling somebody else a quitter. Daniel, uh, what's his name? Who fought Joe? Jo yeah, yeah. Um, calling him a quitter and things of that, that nature. And, and it turns out he had a broken orbital bone. So, you know, I can uh, understand where people are doing some plaque for that. Yeah, and um, injuries. You mentioned your hands. Um, how is the hand feeling now? Because I know you've showed a lot of power in the past. People were criticizing you for not stopping Caleb Truax, but I'm sure the hand played a big part of that. Yeah, it did. And, you know, also um, I've had some uh, some hand injuries where there's been a big crowd, and a lot of times when – there's so much more adrenaline because you're under the gun. You don't feel pain as much. You don't feel though, you know, the head, the the cut from the headbutt or 
you know, certain injuries. But, you know, when it's a sparring session and you hurt your hand to that magnitude, sometimes you can feel those things uh, a little more. I feel like that I've shown uh, my power in big fights against Jose Uskatsugi and, you know, fight other fights as well. But um, so, like I said, it was disappointing for my hand to get hurt and especially in that environment. But, uh, you know, if me and Canelo fight, it, it won't be that environment. I think it'll be, uh, you know, a lot of fans. And so. Yeah. And um, lastly, we know Canelo Alvarez likes to fight on Mexican Independence Day weekend. So right now the target is Canelo, Caleb Plant, September 18th, maybe at Allegiant Stadium, the home of the Las Vegas Raiders, which would be the first fight at the stadium. If that happens, what's your message to Canelo? Just be ready. Just be ready. And um, that's all I got to say. Just be ready. I'm coming, my friend. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, that's exactly what Canelo said to you the other day. You threw it back at him. We appreciate your time, Caleb, and we hope you get the fight. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. We'll be right back after this. Thanks again to Caleb Plant. He was a great interview. We really appreciate the time. And look, this is obviously a guy who's supremely confident. He always has been. He has incredible self-belief. If you aren't already, you can follow Caleb Plant on Twitter at SweetHandsPlant and on Instagram at Caleb Plant. Lance, he said it. He thinks it's disrespectful that people are comparing him to Billy Joe Saunders just because they have similar styles. He said that there's a vast difference in discipline. And he's right. He's always in shape. He referenced Saunders' comments that, you know, maybe he's been out of shape in the past, but this time he's in shape. He said, we're two different breeds. And he also is a lot bigger than, than Saunders. Saunders was fighting at 160. Caleb's kind of a big 168, but he's obviously up for the challenge. And it sure sounds like from his comments that nothing is going to stop this fight from happening as long as the money is right. That's the best news, Mike. And I think that, you know, it doesn't make, it doesn't, didn't make any sense for this fight to not happen, given everything that they've done to really kind of pave the way for Caleb Plant to, you know, adhere to the mandatory challenge that he had to take uh, in February against Caleb Truax. Uh, you know, yes, I myself and maybe some others were critical of that fight, it taking up uh, airspace on Fox, but he did what he had to do to position himself for Canelo Alvarez. And let's be honest, I mean, if Al Heyman is known for one thing, it's getting his fighters paid. There's no way that I see that he's going to stand in the way politic for political reasons or any other reasons from allowing his fighter to participate against the boxing cash cow. I mean, this this is a, a perfect fight for uh, PBC and DAZN to work together on. Um, Caleb Plant versus Canelo Alvarez for all four belts at 168. Um, you know, the, a full unification is, uh, happens few and far between. So I, I'm looking forward to that fight taking place as for his chances and what he had to say about being in shape. You know, I'm sure that he's uh, remained in incredible physical shape, but let's be honest, Billy Joe Saunders did find a way to get into the best shape of his life. And he presented a pretty complicated challenge to Canelo. And I think that's where people are trying to draw parallels between uh, Billy Joe Saunders and Caleb Plant, you know, that they say, look, this guy can be complicated and he can be uh, fit and, and move around the ring. So from that standpoint, Billy Joe Saunders was still stopped after eight rounds. So I think it's an uphill battle for Caleb Plant. And I also look at his resume and say, look, you have to have fought stiffer competition than that if you expect to have any chance against uh, Canelo Alvarez. Am I wrong on that? 
I mean, no, you're not wrong. I mean, I asked Caleb about, you know, his lack of experience compared to Canelo. And he did say, look, yeah, I haven't been able to prove it just how good I am because I haven't fought a guy like that. So we'll see if he can rise to the occasion. I, I do think he's going to be up for the fight. I do think Caleb is a great talent. And mm-hmm. I, it's the natural fight. It's going to be a great event. Another one for Canelo. Yeah, and it's a great fight for the sport. And there is precedent, Lance, for Al Heyman and Louis DeCubis throwing one of their guys over on zone when the challenge is so big. I mean, Louis DeCubis and Al Heyman both work with Andy Ruiz Jr., and they did that deal for him to fight Anthony Joshua both the first time and the second time. So I don't think Al Heyman's going to block this fight. I do wonder where it lands, though. Does it make more sense on pay-per-view where they can probably maximize revenue? Obviously, the zone can kind of you know, cancel that out if they offer, you know, some monstrous guarantee where, you know, it doesn't matter at that point. I'm sure the zone's going to do everything they can to secure the fight, considering the great success they had with Canelo Saunders. Uh, obviously, they have a big UK presence and Saunders helped with that. But Plants is a white American, let's face it. And I think that um, I wonder if they're going to play that angle, Lance. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it makes a lot of sense from the business standpoint, it seems to me. To put it on Fox pay-per-view here in the U.S. and let the zone do what it does on the global front. Um, you know, look, Fox has the ability to, you're going to have a, a Canelo. Fox has the ability to market the hell out of this fight to a, a national audience throughout in the weeks before that. And as all involved are looking at how we can make the most money on this fight, I think that that's the route that you should pursue. Absolutely. So we're going to monitor that, Lance, in the weeks to come, see if this deal can get closed for potentially September 18th, maybe Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. And Lance, there's another deal that we're still waiting to be closed. It's the Tyson Fury-Anthony Joshua fight. All four belts, speaking of full unifications, it's the biggest fight in boxing by a mile. I hope it gets done soon. The last I heard was August 14th in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. But we're still waiting for the site fee, I think, to be completely you know, buttoned up on that site deal. The latest I hear is that the deal is close, but we've heard it has been close for weeks and weeks now. And I, one important piece of the puzzle, Lance, I'm hearing that there's going to be a resolution in the arbitration between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, maybe by like Monday uh, uh, at the latest. Yeah, that would be great. I think there's been a lot of, uh, you know, people waiting around for that decision to come down. It can just allow everyone to move forward, knowing exactly what the uh, arbitrator has ruled. And look, when it, as we talk about Fury Joshua, Mike, I mean, tell me if you uh, agree or disagree with this, but it seems to me that from Eddie Hearn's standpoint, and all we're hearing from Eddie Hearn is that, like, trust me, hey, this deal's going to get done. What It's going to happen sometime in August. I just think that there's more trust of the Saudis from Eddie Hearn than there is from Top Rank and some of the other people who are connected to the Fury side. There is uh, a belief, and you know, look for good reason. Eddie's already done business with them, and he understands that they they can follow follow through. But for the other side, I think there's a, a little bit of consternation that look, um, do we have absolute guarantee that this um, money is coming our way? And is there any loophole that would allow the Saudis to say like, "Oops, there's been a uh, you know a a, an, uh, a relapse or a, you know another." episode of uh, more COVID cases in the country, we need to postpone this fight because if there's one thing we know, uh, Bob Arum has made this very clear and Tyson Fury's made it very clear. He wants to get back in the ring. I mean, he's been out of the ring now for over a year, basically 15 months. And this is a guy itching to, you know, as heavyweight champion to get back and just show how good he is. So 
Uh, with all this at play, you know, I, I think that beyond the arbitration, those are the other details that need to get ironed out and for everyone to feel like, you know, okay, we can move forward now. Yeah. But Lance, uh, moving on for a couple of fights that are happening. I reported, uh, I reported this week, we have a done deal for July 9th per sources. Joseph Diaz Jr. against Javier Fortuna at 135 pounds. That's going to be in, in the chief support fight on the zone with Zerto Ramirez against Sullivan Barrera in the main event. I think that's a really good card. Jojo Diaz, Javier Fortuna is a can't miss action fight, in my opinion. Uh, two guys who like to come forward. Jojo Diaz, uh, the better fighter, in my opinion, but Fortuna, very awkward, can punch, maybe a little bigger. He's fought at 135 many times. Jojo hasn't. And Zerto Ramirez and Sullivan Barrera, that's probably the toughest test of Zerto's career. Zerto really hasn't fought anyone. And, you know, he's now at 175. Barrera's gone to distance with guys like Andre Ward and Joe Smith Jr. It would be a big statement if Zerto could stop him. He hasn't shown that much power in the past. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, for JoJo, you know, uh, taking that fight, basically uh, coming in to replace uh, Ryan Garcia, uh, perfect. Look, you had the you had the trouble with the weight, come back, and uh, against a tough opponent, you definitely can show. Because look, let's be honest, JoJo is uh, full of confidence about his abilities. He had this slip up. He has the opportunity now to redeem himself in pretty short order, and then he can proceed forward. So that's a great thing for him. Uh, for Fortuna to get that fight, you know, after losing the opportunity to fight Ryan Garcia, I know he wanted to get right back in the ring. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him that he's, he's able to do that. And then, like you said, for Zerto Ramirez, dealing with a veteran in Sullivan Barrera, I mean, I think, you know, all of us who are following this, this hiatus basically that Zerto Ramirez engaged in, it's like, okay, you're going to be paying a heavy price in ring rust. And, you know, how committed are you to this sport? I mean, are you in this for uh, the money or are you in this to be great? And I think those questions uh, will go, they'll, they'll, many of them will be answered in a uh, fighting a guy like Sullivan Barrera, who, as you mentioned, is so tough and, and is so uh, resolute in his abilities. Uh, he's just a veteran guy who's basically seen it all. And if there's anything to pick apart, any weakness on Zerto Ramirez, Sullivan Barrera will find it. Definitely, Lance. And yeah, obviously, we, I don't want to forget to mention that the reason uh, Jojo Diaz is fighting Fortuna, Ryan Garcia was originally fighting Javier Fortuna on July 9th. He withdrew for mental health reasons. And um, I hope he's doing better now. I actually caught up with Tyson Fury in Arlington, Texas, ahead of the Canelo fight. And I asked Tyson what his thoughts were, because, you know, Tyson's been really open about his own mental health struggles. Tyson told me, and I never knew, I never heard this in the past. Tyson told me that he's withdrew from a couple of fights of his own because of mental health issues. And he knows other fighters have done it too. Wow. So, um, you know, I think we definitely need more attention to that. And I hope Ryan Garcia feels better soon. Um, and we have a great, you know, great replacement fight, I think, in Jojo Diaz against Javier Fortuna. Yeah, no, that's a great thing, Mike. I mean, look, let's be honest. Um, you know, when Ryan Garcia did that, I know he was subjected to some criticism as, you know, unfortunately, it still happens, even though we all know, uh, thanks to many episodes and incidents, that mental health should be taken very seriously. So to have someone like Tyson Fury come forward and speak to that issue is is just so important. I mean, if the the more conversation that we can have on this subject, I believe the better because the the you know if we can deal with this as a true you know health crisis and not some stigma, um, the, I think the better the better off we are as a society. All right, well that's going to do it for today, Lance. Wise words, 
And we'll see everyone later this week as we preview Luis Nerrigan's Brandon Figueroa, the entire Showtime Sports slate. And we'll be joined by Sports Showtime President Steven Espinosa.